Hey guys, this is a quick PSA announcement. Um, you may notice some audio stuff happening in the background of this episode. Um, my neighbors were, I don't know, running up and down the stairs having a dance party. So I apologize for that. And there's also some other little sounds that um, I'm still working on trying to figure out the best way to get the clearest um, audio as possible. So thank you for your patience and I hope you're able to still enjoy the episode and ask, please bear with me as I continue learning and figuring this out. Thanks guys. Welcome to The Brownstone with Jara Monique. This is the show where we explore how people experience and engage with different aspects of life from varied perspectives, all while sharing some laughs, some gags, and some advice. I'm Jara, and on today's episode, we're discussing marriage. Joining me today will be my puds, Nicole and Travis, who also happen to be husband and Nicole and Travis, welcome to the Brownstone. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, yes. So um, I guess, first of all, how are you guys doing? <laughs> doing in life in general? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as best as anybody could be doing in, in this, this environment. Yeah, I mean, it's a little, everything's a little up in the air. We're not in the same state, so I don't know what the status is where you guys are, but it's like, quasi semi quarantine happening here so i'm still staying inside but like watching people live their best lives <laughs> yeah girl georgia don't care um <laughs> yeah people are pretty much um out i will say they they have they don't have a mask mandate out here but um the majority of the stores that i've gone into they're now they have signs outside and they're saying if you're pretty much going to step into the store you're going to wear a mask so I can appreciate that because a few weeks ago, it wasn't like that. Like people were just out with no masks. Yeah. That's insane to me that people just are like, no, I'm good. It's like, huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, as someone who has quote unquote survived COVID, I just feel like it's a little crazy that people are so, are being so blase about a piece of cloth covering their mouths, but this is America. But anyway, <laughs> Okay, so before we get to our main topic discussion on marriage, I'd like to start the show with a segment I call, What's the Meaning? What's the meaning? Tell me what's the meaning. Oh, that's not the official song, but it should be, okay? <laughs> so each week I'll introduce a new word that's just floating around in the zeitgeist or culturally relevant, and we'll chat about our interpretations with it. So today's word is entanglement. Oof. Mm-hmm. Controversy. <laughs> yeah, so if for some reason you're not on social media, one, good for you, and two, uh, there is a Facebook show called The Red Table Talk, hosted by Jada Pinkett Smith, and there was recently an episode um, in which Jada revealed that she had had an entanglement with a male artist by the name of August Alsina. So this went along with a few other details were revealed, but it was her particular use of the word that really took off. And it's now a meme. It is part of everyone's like everyday vernacular. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you guys watched that episode and so did I. So I just want to know, like, what do you think she was talking about? Like, what the hell is an entanglement? I'll, I'll start just from a male perspective. Okay, let's get the milk. It was a guilty conscious not really wanting to say I had a relationship or a sexual relationship with someone else. She didn't want to say the words because she inside knew that she was guilty of doing something wrong 
and guilty of something that she never wanted to come to light and it's there. And that was her way of deflecting, deflecting it and saying, Oh, it was an entanglement. Like how it's like, I had a white lie versus a regular lie. You know, that, that's kind of how I looked at <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, a lie is a lie. A lie is a lie. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it did seem like she was omitting something. And she said it more than once. Mm-hmm. And it was Will, actually, because Will was on this episode with her. And if you don't know, Will Smith is her husband. Um, and he was like, just say what it was. Like, you had <laughs> a relationship. <laughs> Pretty much. Because I would, I would expect she would want the same answer from him if the, the shoe was on the other foot. She wanted one key word that doesn't really mean anything. It's just kind of a substitute for what really happened. So. Okay. So for me, yeah, I definitely, we talked about this like once we saw it. And I definitely agreed with what he was saying. Um, but I think, too, there's so much more to it. I feel like that obviously wasn't said because I mean it was only 12 minutes so I feel that there's so much more behind it and again there's been like rumors for years that Will and Jada have had like an open marriage and whatever the case is I mean we don't know only they know I guess what the true roles were I guess if they did happen to have an open marriage the one thing that I will say is I remember her making a comment that initially he came into their circle as someone that they were trying to help. As a married couple, (laughs) we don't take on single people. I'm just saying, I'm there to help you, but Travis and I have a thing, like, I, he's had his friends before we ever got into a relationship. I obviously had my friends before we got into a relationship. And then, they became our friends. But I think now this deep in our relationship, if I was to go out and say, oh, you know what? Like I met Billy Joe yesterday and he really <laughs> needs some help. Travis will be like, you could leave him there because he <laughs> he's not coming here. I'm very sorry. Um, so I think when you open your relationship up to someone that you don't necessarily know and it's not another couple. I I know that's not maybe for some people, but for us, like you're not about to be a single person just up in the house. Like, no. (laughs) What's that? Known you. Yeah. And it's someone that we just met. Like it's not happening. No. Wow. That is so interesting. I mean, um, okay. Okay, I can definitely see your guys' perspective. And when you put it like that, it does seem a little, like, suspicious. And, like, not in, like, a malicious way. Like, I don't think August, from our understanding of what happened, had an intention of, like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to get with her. I think he obviously just needed help and he needed support. Right, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong, like, helping someone in need. But I think that at some point there has to be boundaries, especially if you are in a relationship or you have a family, like there's, there's going to be boundaries. I can, I can help you from afar. Um, but, or unless it's like a joint type of thing that, that we're doing. But again, I mean, there's still, there's going to look at his face. There's going to be limited. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is so interesting because in my own personal life, like I have been 
the single friend. And like, obviously with you guys, like we've all known each other for years and years since we were teenagers, but I have been like the, the single friend and like, like um, sort of like c- current, I guess, friendships or mm-hmm. one of them are, is not even a friendship anymore for that very reason where the, the guy's partner was just like, I don't like your relationship with her. <laughs> like you guys are just way too close and you hang out all the time and I just don't trust it. But I was of the perspective, like, we are legit just friends. Like, we're like each other's, that sounds terrible, support system, because <laughs> right. we weren't at home. But it was so platonic that I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Why doesn't she like me? So, like, I'm on the other side going, but what did I do? <laughs> yeah, on the side, I'm like, you're about to drop her tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like sayonara (laughs) and that's that's exactly what happened like it it was like look my girl about to leave me I'm sorry like we cannot really talk anymore and I was like oh word it's like that like then I got in my feelings (laughs) but I can't say that I would do differently on the other foot like I I feel like I want to say I would like I want to be like yeah of course like Mm -hmm. we can have single friends but but I don't think there's anything wrong with it if it was like you know before getting into like the relation like you're going to have your friends prior to but I think once you're in the relationship I think that's where there's going to be like certain boundaries yeah like your friends prior to getting together and then once you are together I think there's kind of like a, there's a fine line in making friends. I think once you're in a relationship. Yeah. I think it's all up to what you want to give your relationship to. I mean, if you're, if that's how you want your relationship to be and you're fine with bringing in, you know, sometimes random people and I'll say random (laughs) people just, you know, Hey, I met this person at the supermarket or I met this person at the gym and I'd like to go out or I'd like for us to go out, you know, all together or something like that. That's again, that's what people like to do. But in this situation, I don't feel as some people may think. I think August Alcina had some alter- alternate motives when he got into that relationship. I think he liked her and I think he found a way in. And this is how some guys think if I could find a way in and play on that sentimental card and have that, you know, brewing there. I, you never know. I could be like, oh, I'm dying tomorrow. Like, give me one chance. And that one chance turns into multiple extreme. chances. You don't know. Wow. But that, uh, really you gotta like the person. Oh, wow, Travis. Okay. I didn't, I didn't see it from that perspective at all. No, I, I didn't either. Which, I mean, I mean, it could like explain, because I don't even know like how to describe Will Smith's <laughs> demeanor in that talk, other than it just looked a little defeated. Mm-hmm. There was definitely some sadness. There was definitely some uh, resentment, it seemed. And I mean, I obviously don't know these people. I wish I did, but I don't. So I'm just speaking based on like what I observed. So I mean, that could, what you're saying, Travis, maybe could reflect a little bit of what I was like sensing from him. But I think, because I don't know, it was odd because the way they framed it was we were separated. And we didn't know if we were going to get back together. And so we were taking a break from each other. And then she got entangled. Right. And that part I 
like I understood as far as like where it kind of took off into a relationship if they were, you know, separated. But again, I think it goes back to it's easier to kind of gravitate towards someone that you bought into the situation prior to the separation. So with someone that was already there. So I, I feel that it was easier to gravitate towards that comfort of that new person that you kind of brought into the situation where if he was potentially never introduced, it, it could have prevented a lot of heartache. Yeah. Wow. I agree. That's a really good point. I actually don't think I saw it from that way. either. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I think I was more on the side of like, poor August. <laughs> he was just called an entanglement. Like, <laughs> Well, if you couldn't tell by his song, how serious he took it. That's what I'm saying. Like he had like real feelings. Like he did an interview with Angela Yee from the breakfast, from the breakfast club, which um, anyone can find on YouTube. But he said he was devoted. Like he was in it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think that's where my empathy went was like, Oh no, she just called him an entanglement. Like that is so sad. <laughs> I felt for Will. Like, Oh I was, wow. <laughs> no, I felt for Will because I think a part, well, again, we, again, we don't know the ins and outs, but I feel like a part of me was kind of thinking, you know, they probably thought that s- separation was going to be temporary, which it did happen to be, but he probably took it more so as like a separation in order to like figure out what's going to make you happy in life. Not like, you know, figure that out while being entangled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think maybe that's where that sort of like sad defeated thing came from. Cause he, he also made a few pointed comments about like, I'm going to get you back. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the, and, and that'll be, that's that, that macho ego side of him. Like mm. he can't, he can't let it go unresolved. Like he has to, it's going to be tit for tat in this situation. Um, and he's not going to be the bigger person. And to him. Travis has a theory on this. To him, it's going to be with another celebrity. It's going to happen. And that's the easiest way that I can see him saying, okay, well now it's in the light. You're going to, you're going to have to deal with it however you want to do it. So you think he's gonna have like an affair and he's gonna make it public knowledge? Yes, definitely, I a hundred percent because he has no choice but to do that. That's in his mind. He's like, that's what I'm going to do because that's the only way that I can see myself getting even. That makes no sense. So you'd rather I risk losing your wife? Level of like pettiness. Like yeah, you're in that point in your relationship where you have to go tit for tat in that sense. But again, this isn't like everyday people that we're talking about. This is like celebrities on a different caliber. So I, but again, I just feel like if you have a love and respect for that person and, and the years and the children, like, I just feel like, okay, I understand like enough is not but, and again, we don't know what other stuff has kind of happened because again, she also said like, well, you've gotten me back. Mm-hmm. And those are things that she's never expressed. But for me, if you were to try and come out and be petty <laughs> in that way and say, well, I'm going to get you back. And I'm going to be like, oh, but remember the time that you did this, this, and this? <laughs> Let's go but, there. But again, Let's go there. But you can go there. But those situations never came to light. 
So he he could have said whatever I put in the closet stood in the closet. Right. You didn't do such. You didn't do that job. Whatever you put in the closet came out. So guess what? August was like. Guess what? Bam. The, the <laughs> yeah, I know. It is clean. You're up one zero on me. So I got to tie you up, and that's exactly mm-hmm. the way that you kind of. That don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know why that don't make no sense though. Because it's just like oh, because it it came out. So you you were like messy about it, like. Think, think about it in the sense of when you have siblings, if your sibling said and told something on your parents on you and you never did anything to them, guess what? You're going to hold that in your back pocket for that day that they mess up. And you're going to be like, hey, mom and dad, guess what happened? Guess what she did? Guess but what she I feel did? like this is next level. But this isn't again, like sibling. It's it's not so. sibling, but it's it's that it's human nature. You want to get that other person back. If you felt like you were slighted, you'd be like, okay, yeah. that person back. Listen, if, if it's got to come down to that, then you got to leave me or I'm leaving you. Like, that's that's too much. Because they, they have, like, a, a unique situation where they, they don't call it a marriage. They call it a life partnership, which I'm not sure what the difference is. Um, yeah, but, I <laughs> But that's on them. But their whole thing is, like, divorce is not an option. So whether we are separated, we're still going to be together. Like we're still going to be a family unit, which mm-hmm. I, I find admirable. But I also um, wonder how that works, given the scenario that we found, because clearly he was not happy with that situation. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think you could be divorced and still be a family, especially if you have kids together. You're you are going to be connected to that person for the rest of your life and their kids their kids are older so it's Mm -hmm. yeah that it's easier but it is easier from the family aspect of like okay we're no longer together our kids can decide you know do they want to live with me do they want to live on their own you know whatever the case is it's not like they're eight and nine years old six years old three years old and you have to have the alternate weekends weekends and visitation and all that stuff that they don't have to deal with that if they decide to go their separate ways um but again, that's every person's relationship is going to be different. But how I see it is be prepared for something else to come out, but from his end. All right. That's interesting. Well, you heard it here first, people. Be prepared for something, <laughs> for Will Smith to do some grimy shit, according to Travis. <laughs> he's going to be a dog. I'm sorry. That's, that's exactly what he's going to be. Not Will. I refuse to believe Will's going to be a dog. I was just sad with that whole situation, though, because I, I mean, I love them together. Yeah, which I guess is like, you can't idolize anybody or anybody's no. relationship because you no, never know what's you going never on. Know. Yeah, you absolutely never know what, what goes on behind closed doors or how people choose to move in their relationship. Yeah, but I mean, I'll be interested to see what's going to happen. We've already got a song out of it. We've got a bunch of funny ass memes out of it we got- that song is fire though like, <laughs> it's mad when i played in the house he's like, that shit <laughs> so mad i'm like babe but this song is like fire though <laughs> he's like you untangle your ass right out this <laughs> oh my god okay so on that note we're gonna head to our first break and we'll be right back And we're back 
from our break and we've made it to the main topic discussion or a segment I call the stoop. So let's all have a seat and let's get real and let's talk about marriage. So Nicole and Travis, as one of the only uh, married couples I know, that's why (laughs) I chose you two specifically for this discussion. (laughs) Thank you by default. (laughs) (laughs) No, also because you guys are, you know, amazing and I admire your relationship so much, especially the growth that I've been able to, uh, I guess, witness um, between you both as individuals and together as partners. But I'll start this uh, discussion off by saying, how long have you guys been married? And did you always know that you wanted to get married? Well, we've been married. It's going to be 11 years next week. Oh, um, 11 it's happy our years. anniversary. Okay. <laughs> I say 11 happy years. There's no gun to my head holding me hostage. <laughs> but it's 11 years that I, I, I say that we're married, but we've been together collectively more than half of our lives. You know, it's been 16 years um, plus, and, and, and I, can't, I can't think right now of myself wanting to be with anyone else. Um, in the world. Mm. Better say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> there was no gun, but there's a little knife pressed against his wrist. <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> that was sweet. Right? Oh that was God. super sweet. Oh no. You guys <laughs> You guys are gross. Anyway. <laughs> so I mean you obviously said uh and correctly said that you can't see yourself married to anyone else which is super beautiful. But um, for you guys, especially when you were younger, was marriage just something you always envisioned for yourself? Like why or why not? Yes. Um, for me, it was. I always pictured myself getting married. I've always been put, you know, that's like a hopeless romantic. Yes. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I've definitely just always seen myself um, being married. Um, I didn't necessarily have like a time frame or like a specific age. Um, that I said, you know, I wanted to be married as like when I was 25, we got married before then, but, um, I, I didn't have like a set time frame. It's just something that I always knew deep down. I always wanted to be married. Same here. Um, it was just something that I've always wanted. Uh, I've always wanted to have a relationship where, you know, my kids knew at the end of the day that their parents were together. And because a lot, I mean, a lot you of can people, be together though and not be married. But yes, okay. you could be together and married. I think married, it, it being married and having the same last name, and everyone mm-hmm. in the household having the same last name. Um, growing up in a in a situation where that wasn't the case for me, mm-hmm. that was something that I I held on to and that I I wanted because mm-hmm. my grandparents had that and they were together, you know, majority of my grandmother's life until my grandfather passed away, mm-hmm. and you know that's one relationship that I looked at from a, a, a longevity standpoint is where I would like to be. Where we're going to be. Yeah. Aww. So yeah. So you kind of looked at your grandparents' relationship and thought like, that's something that I would like to model, I guess, in some aspects. But um, I'm curious because I'm someone that's very on the fence about marriage, like as an institution, like I'm just not certain that I believe in it or like want it for myself. But I do know that i I want companionship and I want a partner just not certain that like the whole wedding and stuff is, is a necessary component. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to ask you guys, like, what is it about marriage specifically? Do you feel like there's a, a different type of security that comes with it? Or is it the familial ties, like the legal familial ties or what? For, for me, I think it's, you know, it's that 
leap of faith where you say, I, I want to devote myself to someone and I don't just want it to be where common law, where I want it to be expressed to the world that this is my wife. And yeah, it may sound cheesy, but in public records, you can find it and say, hey, mm-hmm. that person is married to that person. Not that, oh, we, we've just been together 15, 20 years and that's just the way that, that, the way that it is. Now, again, there's plenty of people who do that and there's nothing wrong with it. But for me, that's, I think you have to want to take that opportunity and say, either in a small ceremony or something, you just write to someone and say, this is what I, this is what I want. This is what I want to express to you. That's to me is everything about a relationship. If, if that's where you want to go. Okay. So almost like the ultimate sign of commitment to someone like I'm, I'm in this. Yep. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't think it's necessarily more of a, a secure commitment standpoint. Um, I would say for one thing, I, I always found like that part in marriage a little bit scarier um, just because you are taking that, um, that leap and praying that it, it works out, you know? Um, but I feel like once you're married, there's, there's so many like legal things um, that if it wasn't to work, I think is, is like the scary part. So I think for a lot of people sometimes too, that's why they don't get into it. Um, thinking about like when you're buying a house and when you have kids with that person, how the time is going to be split up. So I think sometimes that can almost like scare people in a sense too, into like not, you know, what if this doesn't work? Um, so for me, I, I wouldn't say it was, it was more of like a security in that sense, um, because I feel like if tomorrow you were just like, hey, I don't love you anymore, like uh, it's not well, yeah, just no. because we're married that there's going to be a, a more a, a higher sense of security. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that. It was just um, it was just something that I always like envisioned for myself and especially in always wanting to be a mother. Um, I think we can both agree in that respect and having children with someone for for me, maybe it's just like the old school pardon me, but I, I did want all of us in our family to all hold the same name. Mm-hmm. It was just something, you know, that I wanted for me. Okay. So, I mean, you both kind of said this, which made me think, um, you both said like leap of faith and like taking that step of faith, which I don't think I really thought about it that way as marriage being this leap of faith, this like unknown that you're just completely putting that trust into another person saying, I'm going to, you know, commit to you. And I'm hoping that you're doing the same and like, we're not going to let each other yeah. down. Yeah. Think of it this way, right? When you get into a marriage, say mm-hmm. something wants to happen to you the day after your wedding, mm-hmm. guess who has the responsibility to say and do everything with your life, your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be a hundred percent sure if there's no will, there's nothing that you have telling someone what to do. Guess what? Your spouse by default is the person in charge of your body and your well-being. So if you don't feel that you want to take that step with someone and, or trust, or trust someone to do that, then yeah, maybe marriage isn't for you. And maybe you should write up a will and have something <laughs> written to, to kind of be your guide. But at the current moment, if something was to happen to you the day after your marriage and you have a, a marriage certificate, guess what? That person can control your life and can decide whether you live or you don't live in certain situations. So you, you want to make sure that those 
those choices are really valid and not just, oh, I don't really care what's going on. You know, they, they made a decision to marry you. So they're going to do their best effort to, you know, do the best for you. Wow. That's interesting. Which makes me think that like, I probably have a more fear-based um, thought process in regards to marriage. Like there's definitely something in me that's like, ooh, a leap of faith. Like I got to be vulnerable with you forever. Like, I don't know. That's a lot. That's asking a lot. It is a leap because I mean, there's going to be, I mean, as you're married with someone like through the years, you're going to have really high highs. And at some point you're going to have some really low lows. That's the reality of not just in a marriage, in a relationship in general. Um, but once, you know, you, you do take that next step and you are married and living with someone, it, there's just, there's a different, um, trust factor that I feel like goes into place and you're taking that step and, and hoping that you're able to get through those lows together and not kind of crumble under the pressure. But I mean, again, it's a hope there, you know, people change over time also. So, and, and some people tend to not necessarily grow together. They, they can grow apart. Um, mm. So, yeah, I definitely think it's taking a leap of, of faith and hoping that you're able to get through those difficult times together and grow together and, and learn how to get through those hard times stronger. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think another thing is, is that sometimes you don't want to discover that when you're married. Mm. That's where the courtship comes to play of being together prior to making that jump and that commitment of saying we want to be married. You know, I, I think, you know, your highs and your lows, yes, happen prior to marriage and your highs and your lows happen during marriage. It's just a relationship. But you don't want to discover your lowest of lows when you're already married. You want okay. to have discovered that prior to and then you can always build on and say, OK, we can only go up from here. I don't ever want to go back to that level where we were prior to us making this commitment to each other. Mm. Um, so I, I think that's something that, you know, I I know personally from people that I, I grew up around, you know, they didn't really know their spouses in certain ways that where we lived together prior to us getting married, mm-hmm. lived together, you know, for a period of time that allow us to, allowed us to see each other in a different light that we didn't see. But other friends that I know and have gotten married and, you know, the first time that they were intimate with their wives was on their wedding night. And to me, that that's that's big. And, you know, (laughs) not just from an intimacy factor, just Mm -hmm. from being in a different level with someone, you're discovering all that now in marriage. And that's where I feel some marriages fail. um, Okay. They don't, they're not prepared for what actually was going to come when they're actually being in the same room with someone for, you know, obviously with quarantine could be 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I find that um, interesting because I think I I largely really like agree with everything you said about um, knowing a partner and being together, you know, whether that's living together or whatever prior to getting married, like just having um, a sort of intimate understanding of each other. And I don't mean like sexually, but like mentally, emotionally. Right. And um, I find, but I find it curious because I recently had a conversation with my cousin, um, on this podcast and (laughs) it was about faith and religion. And she also similar to you guys had gotten married um, young and they had like lived together prior to getting married. And, you know, 
like young people do, like people do, had like consummated and, you know, had had sex, whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know why I'm being PG. Yeah. They had fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's saying, um, she was saying in hindsight, um, she wished that they had waited and that Ooh, they, really? yeah, yeah, I know, which I found so interesting too, because I was like, what? Because I feel like normally it's the other way, like Travis was saying. Like, yeah. So her perspective was like, um, and it was it was kind of like from a religious perspective because okay. um, they weren't religious back then, but they are now. Okay. So she was just saying the first five years of their marriage were so extremely difficult because there were so many conversations that they hadn't had and that, you know, the physical intimacy almost operated as a distraction from the ways in which they should have been getting to know themselves and each other. Wow. And I thought that was so deep. I was like, <gasps> I was like, okay. That I was is like, really deep. Yeah. Right? Like, I was like, I can kind of see that, actually. Okay. Yeah, I can, um, and we've talked about this before, I can um, agree to a certain ex- a certain extent, not, not so much for our dynamic. Like I was trying to make sure that I really wanted to like <laughs> ride that forever, but um, I want to make them want to marry me. Rashida <laughs> <laughs> said it best. Um, no. So I, yeah, I wanted to make like for, for our dynamic, we, we wanted to, you know, for sure. Um, however, I will say that we have, um, two boys. And if they came to me, Travis and I left New York at 18 and we moved um, to Florida. And if our boys came to me at like 18 and said, you know, they wanted to leave and go live with their, you know, girlfriend at the time and just, you know, get to experience life, I, I think I would die. You would, but I, I, you would, I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to no. call you a name in this one, but I won't be. I won't be a hypocrite if mm-hmm. we did it and wouldn't right. allow our children to do it. If if right. if that was the, I, the, the ideal. Situation. Even if you had a daughter, Travis. Even if I had a daughter, I can. Okay. I could. And, and again, I could say that now, but right in the way that I, I'm thinking. No, is we have no more kids. But so. no, I, I know. I know. <laughs> But, yeah, no, if, if, if we had two girls versus two boys, I think my situation would still be the same because, again, we did it. And I would be honest with them. I'd be like, hey, it's not going to be easy. Right, right. That I will give them because mm-hmm. no one told us anything. Mm-hmm. They just, everybody that we looked at and everyone. Oh, they thought like, we were crazy. They're just like, oh, you're puppy love. You know, you're just going to get you're over not gonna and last. you're not going to last. Yeah. And I mean, family members that didn't think that we would last tell us now. They're like, you know, what you guys have and what you do to your family is amazing. But again, they don't know what it took to get there, Mm -hmm. what it is that we're still doing to be there. Right. And that's, I think, where I come from now is because it was, I'm not going to say so difficult, but it was really difficult, essentially not knowing ourselves entirely. We were still kids. We were teenagers. Um, And to like try and navigate through life and trying to, you know, figure out yourself and then, you know essentially you're not responsible for another person, but you're, you're taking another person, you know, into account in everyday life. It, it was difficult. And then you have like, you have your seasons of lows. Um, so for me, it, my perspective is just like, I would love for our children to 
get to know themselves a little bit better before entirely committing to that person to prevent that that difficulty. Any marriage, you're, you're going to have your difficult times. Mm-hmm. You're, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be rainbows and butterflies. Um, but I think sometimes the, not necessarily the longer you wait, but if you, there's a maturity, there's a maturity factor, um, there. So that's, I think where my kind of fear would come from if our kids were to kind of come and and say that to me. I get you. But again, like I said, no, I'll be that other side. And I mean, I know you're going to be, those are my babies. Those are my, my boys. I don't Mm -hmm. want them to leave. But Mm -hmm. again, I, I I would have to, again, like I said, I would warn them. I would give them the negative, but I can also say, Hey, look, there are some positives that could come of it, but they're not going to just, you know, be little speed bumps. You're going to have to climb out. You have to have a strong woman too. Exactly. (laughs) Because you want to make sure you're making the right decision. If that's what you want to do and that's the opportunity that is in front of you right now and you want to take it, then I'm not going to hold you back, but I will give you your fair warning. Okay. Well, there was like two things that I wanted to to say, because what you said about knowing yourself. So like, how vital is your sense of self in like having a, I don't know if the right way to put it is like a functioning marriage or just like a healthy marriage. Like mm-hmm. how, how vital is that part? Cause like, I think, yeah, it's extremely vital. Yeah, It's, it's extremely yeah. vital in the sense like where, like we were together when we were 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Obviously we're now third. Well, I'm 32 and she'll be 32. <laughs> I know Travis, don't blow us up like that though. Let the people do the math in their head. The way that I thought when I was 15 and 16 is not going to be the same way that I, I, I think now. And the way that I, in my maturity aspect, I may have thought I was, and I think we all do at 16, we all think we're the, the most mature person in the world, mm-hmm. but we weren't. And we didn't know ourselves. And I mean, that was a hurdle in our relationship mm-hmm. is discovering ourselves while also being together mm-hmm. and not knowing like, okay, I want to do this, but she wants to do this. And mm-hmm. how do we balance that? Because now we're living together. We're not just, you know, I'm single and have my own place. You're single and you have your own place mm-hmm. and we're going to mesh together. No, we were together and we were learning those things. But again, it was a speed bump for us because we had to learn ourselves while also making ourselves better for the next person, like for the person that we were with. Um, so that, that gave us some difficult times and, you know, but again, it was a learning process. We, we chose to learn it together mm-hmm. rather than and separate and yeah. get through it. But there's people that are going to do it on their own and there's nothing wrong with that neither, because I, I, I honestly think for our dynamic, it helped us being together and discovering it together. But if I was probably by myself, I, I'd be honest, I'd probably be, you know, someone who wouldn't be in a marriage right now. I'd probably be someone that's just out and about because I wouldn't have really been able to discover myself the way I did earlier in age to be able to be a father and a, and a, a mm-hmm. husband now. Wow. So that's cool. When I think that's great that you feel like you've come into a deeper understanding of yourself through learning how to relate to one another. Like there's something like really beautiful about that. And I think like we do that in small ways, like in our friendships and stuff too. Like, you know, you learn, yeah, you learn so much about yourself, like through your friendships as you grow together. Um, and I forgot the point that I was going to try to make. Cause I was like, wow, that was really touching. 
<laughs> but um, so you said you, if, you know, in some whatever alternative universe, not this one, where you didn't get married, you don't think you would see yourself as like a 32, 32-year-old right now getting married? And why do you think that is? Because of like the current culture that we have yeah. or... I think it would be the current culture that we have. Honestly, seeing what's out there now and how people are and how people interact, I'm not that type of person. I'm not going to be that open person of being like, "Hey, hey, let's go party, let's go drink, let's go, do, let's 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 chat, let's do this." No, I, I wouldn't be that person um, because, again, I pro- I wouldn't have found myself. I, I would have been still locked down in myself, and even if I did, I would have never been able to express that to someone and learn to express that to someone. So it would have been, hey, me going into a relationship or going into a some type of dynamic where I would still have my issues. Why do you feel um, that you wouldn't have been able to express yourself? Do you think that goes back to like growing up in a strict um, in a strict strict home? I guess you can say yes and, and yes and, and like no. Religion and mm-hmm. yeah, because I mean the religion that I grew up with, it, it, you know, I wasn't in a cult, but it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want people thinking that, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Pentecostal Christian church. So there, there are different set of rules. Not saying that we worship a different god. It's the same god. Everyone worships, you know, certain god. But this is Jesus in that in that factor. But you know, they had their rules and and their regulations that they wanted on how you how they wanted their children to grow up, how they wanted the marriages to to be portrayed in the church, and how they wanted certain dynamics to be portrayed. That was, you know, rules that were set in stone and made some, some of them were written rules and some mm-hmm. of them were unwritten rules. Oh, yeah. You just had to discover them as you went. Yeah, because we got a lot of flack for um, leaving. We left technically, like out of, um, we lived in sin. We lived in sin, yeah. Right. Okay. Because, um, and your mom's whole thing was like, oh, well, if you're going to leave at 18, then like just get married. And I was like, no, like I need to be sure that if I'm living with him, that this is someone that I truly want to marry. Not saying that marriage wasn't on the table. Like when I met Travis, I like I knew early on that I wanted to marry him, but I wasn't going to do it at eighteen. Yeah. Um. And that's not. I didn't grow up in that religion either, which is was like another kind of dynamic in our relationship. Um. But yeah, I can. We lived in sin, but yeah. <laughs> thriving now. Yeah. yeah I know. Which is like in that sense, and and like she was saying, I think what she was trying to make of is like in that religion, a lot of the kids, and I'll be honest, a lot Mm -hmm. of us as teenagers, as we got older, we get emotions, we get feelings, we get hormones. We don't usually are able to express that in the sense of where I I was lucky that I did have my baseball friends that weren't in the church that I had an opportunity to express things to them that I necessarily couldn't express to my friends in the church or to my leaders in the church without being looked at differently. That's okay. kind of now, and, and I don't care what church you go to. I don't care what person, what people say there's gossip. There will always be gossip. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing in church that I don't think you can ever get away from. So mm-hmm. you may tell someone something and then an elder or someone older will be like, Hey, this person needs to be put on, on, on some type of punishment right. for yeah. thinking a certain way or for doing a certain action when you're like, wait, I was just trying to tell you something because I didn't know how to handle it. And I, I needed guidance. Yeah. I needed guidance. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask you to punish me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if mm-hmm. I, if I was praying, I go to God and I pray to God and I say, Hey, I need help. God's not going to say I'm punishing you right now because mm-hmm. of your, your thought, you know, he may punish you for your actions, but he's not going to punish you for, for, for thinking something. Cause if you're coming to him, you're coming for a reason. Mm. 
That's very true. Which, um, which kind of like now I want to ask you both, but like, so what was your understanding or idea of how you wanted your marriage to function back in the beginning when you, when you got married and like, where did those ideas come from? So for you, Travis, it seems like some of them might have come from the church, but it also seems like you might've also rejected a lot of them as well. So I just kind of want to hear from you both. I mean, mine, I, I, I go back to my grandparents. Okay. I'll say directly with my parents themselves, they weren't married. Um, they were just together and they, they broke up when I was eight years old. Um, I did have a, a father figure. My stepdad stepped in around the same age and, and was still with my mom to this day. Um, but it's something that I appreciate him for. And, and I can never take that away from him. And, and that's something that he's a greater man for stepping in in that way. Mm-hmm. But to me, I always still wanted my parents to be together. And that's mm-hmm. why it's so big of me for, for, and me and Nicole to make sure that our kids see that because, you know, not having that direct contact with a great relationship takes a toll on, on people, whether they like it or not. Um, because some people will just say like, Hey, I never want to get married because of everything I've seen. Mm-hmm. And there are some marriages like going back to the church aspects that I seen in church. And I'm just like, those people look miserable, mm-hmm. but yet they're married and they have to present themselves as being happy and present themselves as being, Oh yes, nothing's wrong. Like, no, you, there's something wrong when a 15 year old, a 14 year old, a 13 year old kid can tell something is wrong. And that's something that, that resonated in me. And it just be like, you know, that's something I don't want. I don't want to just be in a marriage because I have to be in a marriage. And I think that's where people sometimes go wrong because like I was bringing back where the first time you're with someone is because the only way you can be with someone in religion is being married. Yeah. 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 So if the first time, the only way you're going to get that interaction is like, oh, I got to marry that first person that actually showed me some attention. We all know that that first person that we go for may not be the best person for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I I didn't see um, a healthy relationship growing up. My, my parents were um, common law, um, but their relationship was not healthy by any means. So everything, I feel like that um, sometimes they say like, you know, sometimes you like seek, um, the opposite person. Yeah. Well, sometimes the opposite or, or sometimes you almost become attracted to that same thing that like chaos in a sense. Um, so for me, it was big for me to truly understand. And I definitely feel that I matured more in that sense because I was just like, I want complete opposite. So if I have to find this like church boy that, that <laughs> 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 I know I ain't gonna do some grimy shit. <laughs> Take me to church. <laughs> um, no, but I will definitely say I definitely found um, my faith more in being with Travis for sure. Um, but besides all of that, I just I did not want any part of what I had seen growing up. So I definitely like steered away from it. It, it didn't have to be someone that was um, religious in a sense. I, I did always want to be with someone that had some form of faith because mm-hmm. I always had some form of faith um, growing up. But but a certain religion faith. I mean, there 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 are certain religions that some people don't want to be a part of, and some that they do. Right? No, so no, no. I understand. Being, you, yeah, you were Catholic, and I, I, you know, it's Christianity. Right. So mm-hmm. Christianity, even though we have all these different divisions, it's all the same thing. You all worship the same gods. So that, mm-hmm. That's something that helped as well. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely kind of, um, I did not want any part in kind of what I saw. Um, what was the question again? Because yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> off tangent. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, you're fine. Um, I was just going to say like, um, what did you guys want your marriage to look, oh, like? To look like? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I did not want our marriage to look like anything that I saw growing up. Okay. Um, I did have some other like influences in my life kind of growing up, um, like aunts and uncles and things like that. But I don't feel, um, for me, it was like, I looked at one particular relationship and I was just like, I want to emulate this exactly. Um, it being able to find Travis at a younger age. And, and I think we've kind of just kind of molded our marriage into kind of what has worked for us. Um, it, as far as like our beliefs and the way we wanted to raise children. And I, I think it's important not to almost like factor in too much. Um, maybe necessarily like some relationships that you felt that you may have put like on a pedestal mm-hmm. because I think that once you get into a marriage, you will realize that no marriage should really be put on a pedestal because there are, like I said, there's going to be high highs and low lows um, you're going to have like different seasons in your relationship that are going to be difficult and you guys are going to have to figure out how to get through that. Yeah. Like, I feel like for me, ideally, like, I just like, I love the idea of people just creating a marriage like that they, that they want. And I think obviously everyone should do that, but also like creating the roles that they want to play like within the marriage and how, um, and how that's going to work for them. Because like, you know, we've all have like this, we all grew up with this like cultural societal ideal of like what a wife is, what a husband is. And like, I'm so happy that like over time, especially now, especially like millennial marriages, like that narrative is changing. Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's the part that I'm drawn to is being like, oh, you know, being a wife doesn't have to look anything like I've previously seen it before. Because that's what I reject because that's not me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, for me, yeah, I want like, if I were to do it, I I just want like full equity, like just equality in all things as like partners. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like without the gendered like roles or stereotypes or whatever. So I'm always like intrigued by like how people have built like their relationships and their marriage marriages to like kind of work for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, like for us, it's, we go 50, 50, especially when it comes to like the kids dynamic, um, and having like two kids, we are both super hands-on. It isn't just a situation where it's just like, oh, well, you're the woman, like you're going to take care of the kid. Like, absolutely yeah. not. I did not lay up and make these children on my own. So <laughs> going to help me raise these children. And Travis has always been super, super hands-on. Um, And also for me, it was a big deal to ensure that I worked and I, there's nothing wrong with stay at home moms at all. Um, but just for like our dynamic and for me personally, I just, it was important to me to ensure that I work. Yeah. And that's just how it's always been there. That was like a non-negotiation, like. I think when there's a certain conversations that you kind of need to have, if marriage is an option for you, where you have to have those discussions where it's like, well, what expectations do you have once we do get married 
are you expecting if we do decide to have children, you know, that I stay home and kind of raise the children or the same for a man? Like, is it okay if I stay home and raise the children? Mm -hmm. Those are conversations that you need to have because like one thing for me is I absolutely wanted to be a mother. However, there was no desire for me to truly just be home with the children um, every single day. Like I, I wanted to have my own career out, outside of being a mom. I mean, we don't have a choice right now because they're just with us 24-7. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, coronavirus. <laughs> no, I'm a working stay-at-home mom, so. Yeah, no, and, and, and that's, again, that's something that I'm attracted to. And that, that, you know, I'm attracted to a woman that wants to work and wants You're attracted to me. Yes, attracted to me. <laughs> was you're desiring your drive to do that and want to be better and want to be self-sufficient on your own and know that yes in my I bring something to the table besides you know there's some women just being honest that feel that all the pressure needs to be on the man to bring in money Mm -hmm. realize that sometimes that pressure is something that the man doesn't want to take on by himself and it it is you know and it could be the other way around there's some men who want the women to do all to do Mm -hmm. everything and, and bring in all the money and the dad just stay home. Eh? You know, every relationship's different, but I feel to, to, to fully get your relationship to work 100%, if you both can give 50-50. No, 100-100. Well, 100-100, but in collectively in your relationship, mm-hmm. you're both bringing your fair share. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a relationship work a little bit easier because it's less pressure off of you because you don't have to do 100. You okay. know, I got to do 100 of 50%. I don't have to do 100 of 100%. Mm. That helps. And again, there are going to be times that I may have to pull all the, all the ropes and I may have to do everything for 100% of the time because she may be sick or, you know, something she's going through something and I have to, you know, hold the weight for both of us. But if the shoe's on the other foot, I know that she can do it as well. Mm-hmm. And I think something that people tend to forget is, you know, you both have to be able to give something to the relationship. Because if one person's giving more than the other, guess what that person's going to do? They're going to find someone that can fill the role and make it a little bit easier. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. So, I mean, you guys are talking about, I think, essentially what feels like compromise as being like integral to, um, to a healthy marriage, perhaps to like a lasting marriage. And then I would also say, like, um, ask you guys, what are the conversations that you think need to be happening perhaps prior to marriage in order to have a healthy one that you maybe had during because you did get married? Like um, To me, it's like how you said, of if, if you're expecting someone to do something. Right. And, and yeah. Expectations. Expectations of, yeah. of what you, what you want in a woman and what you want in a man. Um, this is the old school me of, you know, I wanted my wife to know how to cook. So that's something that <laughs> I desired in my wife. And don't get me wrong. It's not something that she, she came into the relationship knowing how to cook 100%. Boy, I did. <laughs> okay, okay. Me and Nicole have just collectively rolled our eyes. Travis, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I took it back. He ain't getting nice to me. <laughs> he said, you can't cook. <laughs> And, and she she had the desire to learn and, and to do a certain to, to cook food a certain way that I like the food to be made. Yeah, I and, did, yeah. and I appreciated that. And that's something that I adore because, again, 
leaving, you know, that dynamic of leaving my mother and leaving my grand- grandmother and, and seeing their cooking and how they cook and then not being able to come home and have that was something <laughs> that I missing. So it was, it was an honest, an honest thing that I wanted in a relationship. Mm-hmm. But Listen, again, Travis, compromise, okay? You're going to get this but, chicken however you get this chicken. <laughs> but again, yeah, I want the chicken, but I want the chicken with some adobo on it. I don't just want a <laughs> sprinkle of salt and pepper. That's just, that's the way that I, I wanted the chicken. No, no, no. I, and I get that. But again, those are conversations that you need to have. So that was a conversation that, well, it was a, a series of conversations that we had. But one of them was definitely like, yeah, so, you know, like my mom throws down, my grandmother throws down. So for me, it was just like, okay, well, we're going to move. You know, is your mom willing to show me? Is your grandmother willing to show me? And mm-hmm. it was something that I was willing to do. Not necessarily feeling like I was forced to do, but I was willing to do. One, because I'm, I know that it was something that you enjoyed and I wanted to make you happy. Um, but two, I mean, you like to eat. Too. I, I'm, I'm also bringing in a salary. So if we need to order, like yeah, I'll be, no, absolutely, we'll order out. A hundred percent. But again, it's something that I also wanted for my kids. Yeah. I wanted for my kids when they came home, like, oh, my mom's the best baker. My mom's the best chef, whatever the case may be. I always mm-hmm. want my mom's cooking because I feel like, you know, it's you, a sense of it's calm. nostalgia. Okay. It's going to bring mm-hmm. you back and you smell something, you taste something. It's like, oh, it brings you back to my childhood. That's something that I always wanted my kids to do. Not be like, oh, my mom can't cook. Or be able to experience it. Yeah, like I, did. yeah I don't want my mom's cooking or Little Caesars pizza is what brings me back to my, my childhood because yeah. that's all I ate. Like, right, no, so that's... There's nothing wrong with little, saying, not wrong. Listen, $5 pizza, get it how you can get it. But my question though, Travis, is, I mean, which is which I think is great, like the, the family meals and like obviously, Nicole, like from just speaking to you, like you enjoy cooking and you enjoy creating like recipes and like you enjoy seeing your family, like enjoy the food that you make. But like, I also wonder, Travis, like why, why, like, why wasn't it also like you didn't want your kids saying like, my dad's a really great cook. Yeah, that's a good. Well. Cause like my dad's a great cook and I'd be like, I love my dad's cooking. Like yeah. <laughs> I wish more men cook. I was never someone that. Right. Well, I was, that wasn't I your was dynamic. Never, yeah, that wasn't my dynamic. That wasn't something that I was good at. Now, if you Not want you, no, no, no. I'm saying in your dynamic growing up, oh, yeah, it wasn't, my, yeah, my, your mom did the cooking. My stepfather could barely boil water. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's so, an issue. <laughs> but that, but that's what I saw. And that's what I grew up around. And mm-hmm. it's just, my grandfather was the same way. Um, my dad learned to cook more as when he was single and by himself. And that's where he learned to cook because he had no choice. If you didn't cook for yourself, you weren't eating. So, I mean, I, 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 I think I thank God every day that I have Nicole to be able to to throw down the way that she does. Because yeah, if not, but- I'd just be having cereal, eggs, and toast. I mean, that's about or as you would learn how to freaking cook. <laughs> you can do like a little something. You could do like the bare minimum. But I mean, damn. <laughs> but it's all right. I still love you. I don't love you for your cooking skills. Yeah, I mean, clearly. <laughs> You're going to have to have a challenge one day that you're going to have to be the, the, the judge on. Okay. I would love that. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, there's definitely conversations that need to be had as far as, you know, just what you feel are some are, you know, your key important things that you feel like need to be um, a part of your relationship. I mean, a big thing is communication mm-hmm. um, for me and like a sense of romance. So those are kind of like my my big things it's you have to communicate with me um good or bad 
I don't care as long as you communicate to me. But I, but I think that that's something that we've kind of learned over time because that was such a, a low point mm-hmm. in our marriage um, was like a lack of communication. And I feel like over time, and I would say like now we're the strongest that we've been as far as our communication. But again, that's going into like 10, 11 years of marriage mm-hmm. um, where we've learned to like effectively communicate and, and also not have a, a sense of fear and like communicating certain things um, with fear of like judgment too. Well, yeah. And I, I think one of the things we may be missing on the communication side is honest communication. Mm-hmm. Cause you can be, you can lie in your communication and not really say you're, feeling something the right way. You're just saying, oh, I'm communicating to you. But I'm communicating <laughs> with honesty, with, mm. with good intent. Um, that's, that's, I think, the core value of communication. You have to be honest with what you're saying to your person and to, to your spouse. So that way they know at the end of the day that, yes, you opened up to them, you communicated to them, but you also told them the truth. Okay. For us, you, were, you were speaking the truth and you weren't speaking a lie because you were afraid of how they may react to what really could be the truth. Yeah. I think there, there's sometimes like those hard truths that mm-hmm. they where it, it may be like a hard pill to swallow, but I think that it's crucial that it be said um, to just prevent a lot of issues like further on down the road and essentially like lies and stuff too. Yeah. But I think like, and you guys, I mean, would know better as being in this like long-standing relationship, like communication, but also like people communicate differently. Like I, I know, for instance, like I have a hard time like telling people things that I find may hurt them mm-hmm. because I don't want to make anyone feel bad. <laughs> That's Travis. I mean, I'll say that was me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I'm 100% cured of that. Mm-hmm. I've learned that, again, at the end of the day, if I'm able to get it out now versus getting it out a year from now, that's, you know, things that I let boil up in me that may blow up in a fight that may take something that could have been minor for for not putting the clothes away or leaving the leaving a bathroom door open and someone got hurt. And it's just, I, I you know, things that I just add piled on on top of that, you know, that I never really got out. But again, I, I've learned to be a hundred percent honest as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great though. That's great. And that comes like with obviously time and then with like, like you got to get it wrong to get it right. Like no one. Yeah. Cause my communication skills were terrible. (laughs) First, um, Yeah. From when, I mean, we, we first started living together Um, because I'm, I'm just an aggressive. I'm an aggressive kid. I don't hate, I, there's no like violence in this. <laughs> Verbal or, or otherwise. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm very vocal and loud. Um, if I'm like upset about something, you're going to know that I'm upset about something. Um, but like over time I've learned that's not, that that's not the way to communicate one that very well could be the way other couples communicate, but what works for our dynamic and the way that Travis is, it's not me yelling and, and going crazy is not, it's not going to get through to him. So it's just taking that step back and kind of really understanding why I'm feeling a certain way and being able to express it again. I'm not a hundred percent cured of that either. If I'm pissed off, like you're going to know I'm pissed off, but before where I would be at a level 15 to express myself i'm down to like a five and two it's also i mean we have kids now so 
Yeah, no, and to, to that point where you were saying you may have been at a level 15, but you were never open to hearing another side when you mm. were at a level 15. Oh, yeah, there was no so, way. It, it was, was my way or it no was, way. It was her way or no way, and it would be the same for me. I, I would be like, no, I'm only going to see it my way, whereas mm-hmm. now we've learned, okay, we can be in an argument, but if we're in an argument and you hit me with something and I'm just like, man, I didn't think about it in that way. Now I understand why you could be upset mm-hmm. or I can understand how I could be better the next time in a certain situation where if you're just butting heads the entire time and you don't really want to see it the other way, that's, you know, that, that, that's that compromising factor. You, you, you know, you're just like, I don't care. But I, I can wholeheartedly say that that helps being able to be in an argument, but also keep that ear open to listen and be like, Oh, you made a really great point and I got to give it to you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's like partly like pride, partly ego, right? Like we all immediately get on the defense cause you're like, I didn't do anything, but you, but you did this and, and that made me do this. So like, it's hard sometimes to take like that accountability, but also like no one teaches us how to argue. Like, no, no one teaches you how to like listen intentively to like someone like, and you, you, it's just easier. Like you end up modeling like what you see. So if like someone, you know, growing up is like the quiet person that just sits there and takes it, then sometimes you end up identifying with that. And then you're just like, I guess I'm going to be the person that just sits here and just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then inside like you're human, which I know is like kind of me. Like I, I get very um, agitated very easily. And then I, like, but then I can like kind of talk myself down and then I'm gone. Like it's been like two minutes later. I'm like, all right, I'm wilding. But, <laughs> but, but then, and then I won't say anything though. Like I won't even tell you that I was mad. I won't even tell you that I'm fine now. I'll just be like mad passive aggressive about it, which I know is it, right? <laughs> and like, I'm working on that part of like working on myself so that I can, <laughs> you know, be better for when I am in a relationship. But I think, yeah, like compromise. And then, so part of that is like learning to fight fair, which. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that comes kind of over time though, too. And as you kind of learn your partner. Um, But I think that especially once you're with someone, you know, you know what buttons to push with someone a a thousand percent. Um, And sometimes it's. A million percent. Not a thousand. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, and learning to fight fair, I think you you realize you will learn to fight fair when you do not take those low blows or those jabs when you have the opportunity to, um, because I it's not effective communicating. In all honesty, like it, it's not Ta- like trying to push those certain buttons or saying something that you know automatically is going to piss off your significant other. It's not effective. Like it's just it's not effective. It's not going to get you anywhere. I mean, everyone's going to have their moments. Absolutely. Like we'll still do it from time to time, but it's, it's, it's not conducive to ensuring that you're going to be able to get through an argument effectively. I mean, you just, over time, you'll learn that communication is, is the, the core foundation in a relationship. Um, and that will essentially help you become better at not necessarily fighting, but, you know, going through those like tough arguments that you're going to have. If you're able to communicate through them, you'll be able to. to yeah, because if I knew every single time that we argued that she was going to go straight with a kill shot to my head, I would never <laughs> argue. <laughs> and that would be my communication, because guess what? I'm not communicating to you because mm-hmm. I don't want that kill shot. I don't want that to be there. But if every time I communicate to you, you're always going 
straight to, you know, straight to, you know, to, straight to the head. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to communicate with you. Yeah. And, and that was big in like the beginning of our relationship mm-hmm. too. And I think what also essentially like um, had him kind of close up to certain things in communication because my, my reaction was always going to be like, oh, well, if, if you want to say that, then I'm going to come for you where it hurts. And again, that's not effective. So thank God we got past that. Oh yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 There's no way we would have been together. Yeah, at this point. Th- exactly. Yeah. I, there, I would have, you know, just probably up and left because I couldn't have been able to really truly express myself in a way yeah. that I wanted to. If I knew the way that I expressed myself was going to get me the same yelling as I would have just holding it back. <laughs> and then guess what? I'm, I'm just going to hold back and deal with it when it comes around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think? Like, so is it, so then it's gotta be something more than just love that pushes you past, right. That pushes you past, you know, your partner's sort of worst qualities. Right. Cause I, I mean, like there's gotta be a great deal of love, but then like, there ha- like so what, what do you think that is? Like, like love, but also there has to be actions, like visible actions of like change and growth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you, yeah. You definitely want your spouse to grow. You, again, we were young, but we've grown with each other. And I can't say when we're 52 that I'm going to think the same way as I did when I was 32. Mm-hmm. So that I, I would hope that I got, I've gotten older and I've gotten wiser. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree that you, you want your partner to be able to grow with you and grow together walking together you don't want to grow apart obviously because then that's you not being together Mm -hmm. all right and so um before we head to our last break um i kind of want to say what do you guys think about love languages and has that played like a role in your relationship because we talk about learning how to communicate learning how to fight fairly um having certain conversations but people I think take for granted too, that people love differently Mm -hmm. and you know, your partner's not loving you the way that you think or expect. Sometimes you could just be like, well, they, maybe they don't care and you don't understand that like, no, like that love is needs to come in a different way sometimes for people. Definitely. Um, so for us, it was, um, something that we, we have purchased that book, love languages. We went through it. Um, we took like all the quizzes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So my love language, which I kind of already knew. Um, so I've, was it acts of service? What's no, yours? No, damn acts of service put really? Like No, no. Like, like someone doing small things for you that shows that they care. Uh, no, it was on my list. How's she going to say that? Like, she don't be sending you to the store and shit. Like, she don't be asking you for shit. Call me out. Thank Girl, you. I've been Thank yeah, I gave you two whole big ass babies. Like you could get me some chocolate <laughs> from the store. Um, no, mine's is words of affirmation. I'm um I'm big on like words of affirmation. Um, and yeah, I, I think that goes back to like one of my big things being like communication though too. Like I want to like okay, so are we good? Like, is there anything? Like I'll still go back to him from time to time too. Like. Is there anything you want to work on in our relationship? <laughs> is there like anything that you're unhappy with? Um, but it's also like, okay, well, I need you to like tell me that I am the best thing to ever happen. I, was about to say that. <laughs> yeah, I need to know that I am, you know, the flyest woman on this planet. Yes, tell so, me I'm the sun, the stars, the moon. Like I would have zero doubt that you love me. Like <laughs> Definitely. And especially, I think too, I think it was big for me too. Like once, um, when I got pregnant, 
um, especially like towards the end of that pregnancy, girl, I was looking like Shamu's cousin. Like, so I like, like, I was just like, you need to like shower me with compliments. Um, but yeah, mine was words of affirmation. And then yours was, um, quality, quality Quality time. time. Yeah. Quality time. time. Wow. So you guys had different ones, Mm -hmm. which means you feel most loved in different ways, which is like tricky. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not tricky. Maybe it's just, I I don't think it's tricky because you got to figure. I think you have to incorporate all of those. Yeah. You have have to incorporate everything into your relationship and you wouldn't want the person that you're with to be exactly how you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. You do sometimes how they say opposites attract. That could be the case. You don't want to be complete opposites where you're always battling on everything, but you you still want to be able to say, okay, yeah, you you like to be loved in this way, and I need to learn sometimes to be loved in that way. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, Travis. Okay, I need to learn to be loved in that way. I'm about to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Okay. And on that note, we're going to take a break. (laughs) And we're back from our last and final break. And this last segment of the show is called The Roundup, where we wrap up our discussion with any bit of advice or any observations we've made during the show. And this will also be the space for listener letters and feedback should you all want to write into the show at thebrownstonepodcast at gmail.com. So, Nicole and Travis, uh, I just want to say, do you have any advice for anyone who is looking to get married, currently married, or just advice on marriage, I guess, in general? Be open and don't be afraid to be open and be vulnerable um, because you, you, at the end of the day, you want your partner to be the best person for yourself because, at the, you know, if you're going to spend the rest of your life with that person, you want them to know you 100%. You don't ever want to be that person that dies in their old age and your spouse didn't know truly who you were. Um, Be as open as possible because again, the minute you start to hide things and the minute you start to be dishonest about your feelings, there are temptations and things that are going to come your way. And what does happen in the dark is going to, is going to come to the light one day. And I'd I'd much rather be that light always instead of having those dark moments because they're not fun. Preach. Yeah. Um, my biggest um, word of advice would definitely be communication, ensuring that you're communicating. I think that kind of goes into what you were saying as far as like being vulnerable and um, truly just discussing the good, the bad and the ugly. Because I think at that point, like once you get to those difficult times and those ugly points, I think that's when you'll really kind of see what you're able to kind of get through. Um, and, and sometimes not get through. Um, but I think it's, it's a part of life and it's a part of marriage, honestly. But I think communication is definitely the biggest, the biggest thing. And it's made the biggest world of difference in our relationship. And one more thing that I could say is don't let other people dictate what you need to do in your relationship. Oh, Mm, that's a word. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. If you feel it's right, then do it. If you don't feel it's right, then don't do it. Don't do it because my mom told yeah. me, my dad told me, my aunt don't told bring me. Out, outside influence. They're always, they're always, there's nothing wrong with hearing from them and hearing things that they may have gone through. But if you don't have that relationship in that way with a relative or, or someone that can express something like that to you, 
realistically, at the end of the day, you cho- you're going to choose what you're going to do at the end. So don't let someone else ruin that for you by just saying, okay, because they said that, that's the way that I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not married, so I don't have any advice to give. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I will say happy early anniversary, guys. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for doing this and for being so open and so vulnerable and sharing. And I don't know, is there anything you guys want to say to each other before we get out of here? Or for me? You got any advice for me? For for my wife, I'll start off with her first. Yeah, that's probably um, nicer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just know that at the end of the day, you're the only person that I want to go through life with. And like I said, at at my last breath on this earth, I want to see your face. And that's all I want. Oh, you, oh my God. <laughs> so beautiful. Travis. Oh, I <laughs> is crying (laughs) damn Travis you did good bro (laughs) and um I will show you better than I can talk (laughs) because I love this man (laughs) Travis you're welcome all right guys (laughs) okay and that will be the end of today's show I just want to thank Nicole and Travis for joining me once again. And I want to thank you all so much for listening to The Brownstone with Jaramoni. Before we go, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever else you listen to your podcast. And you can also follow the show on all social media platforms. The ads will be in the description box below. And please stay tuned for next week's episode. Talk to you guys soon. Stay blessed.